we all have a sinful nature. We got that the day we were born. But after they're born, then you've got to teach them how to live. And there's a lot of things about things to do and things not to do. And we want them to be happy and we want to, to bless them and do things for them. But if they're disobedient, we may have to discipline, chasten them. But we, we don't kill them. But um, just think about it. Once they are born, regardless of how my children chose to live, they were still born into our family. Once they were born, there was absolutely nothing for them to do to be born or to stay born. Do they have to do anything to be born or stay born if they're already born? No. They are born. In like manner, once a person is saved, there's absolutely nothing for that person to do to be saved or to stay saved. They are saved. So I'm not seeking to be saved. I'm already saved. So I don't have to go to church to get saved. I don't have to keep the tenement. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to give any money. Why? Because oh, I'm already saved. Well, when was I saved? Well, 57 years ago when I trusted Christ as my Savior. He saved me. When? That day. Well, if I'm already saved, I don't have to seek to be saved. I'm already saved. When God says that a man is saved by grace through faith, he means that a man is not saved because he deserves to be saved, but by putting his faith in the work that was done for him. So I'm not saved because of my faith in my works. I'm saved by my faith in his work. He did the work, and I'm just supposed to believe it. That's all God wanted me to do, to go to heaven. I'm sure that you have heard that Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for sins. This means that he loved us so much he would rather die than live without us. This also means that he paid for my sins before I was born. See, and he says to him, how many of my sins did Christ pay for? And they say, up to the time you got saved. So he paid for all the sins, and then when you trust Christ as Savior, he forgives you of all of those. But now what about all those other sins you're going to do? So that's why when you commit a sin, you got to get forgiveness. And then again, and then, and then again, and then again. But if you die... And you didn't get forgiveness for one sin. Well, I'm sorry. You, you messed up. Man, you messed up. But see, the key is this, an understanding. When Christ died, he paid for all of my sins. Where did he start and stop for my sins? Did he start here, or he knew I was going to trust the Lord here, so he just paid for those? Or did he pay for all of my sins, past, present, and future? How many of my sins were in the future when Christ died? All of them. I wasn't born yet. So that means he's already paid for all my sins. So if I was not trust the Lord when I was 18, but I trust the Lord when I was 75, would that include those sins too? Well, then he's already paid for those too. When I accepted the payment he made, I have a payment for all my sins. Not most of them, not up to the time I believe, but for all of my sins. That's why I can't go to hell because I don't have any sins to pay for. And when you understand that, it makes sense. This is why sometimes people say, well, if you commit suicide, that'll send you to hell. If you commit suicide. And the reason they say it is because if you commit suicide, is that a sin? Yeah. Well, you're dead. How can you get forgiveness? Because you're dead. So evidently, that's the unpardonable sin. No, it's not. If I commit suicide, is that a sin? Paid. Paid. All my sins were paid. When a person really understands, the only reason I'm going to heaven is because Christ died for my sins. Now, let me read this to you. Now, this is what I wrote to this person. When Christ came back from the dead, the only thing he wanted me to do in order to go to heaven to be saved 
or have eternal life or to go to heaven or to obtain his righteousness was simply to believe that he did it for me. The reason I cannot go to hell today, tomorrow, or any time in the future is because I don't have any sins to pay for. No man can know he's going to heaven until he knows he cannot go to hell. So if they're still trying to walk this narrow way and this nice wrong road and don't know how long they're going to live, well, if you can't know it until you've lived it, then you really don't know if you're going to make it. Don't that make sense? But if I accept it as a gift and he gives it to me as a free gift and he said, I'll never cast you out and never lose you. Well, when can I know I'm going to actually really go to heaven? The day I trust Christ as my Savior. So the day I trust Christ as my Savior, he gives me eternal life and it is for how long? Forever, because he gives me eternal life. Eternal life, not temporary life, not life until I sin again. If he gave me life till I sin again, you might as well keep it. <laughs> Why give it to us? So, no man can know he's going to heaven. If your salvation depends on any works of any kind for any length of time, then your salvation cannot be by grace alone. For salvation to be sure, it must be totally free with no works required. Now, if a man is going to be saved by his works and he has to walk down this long road until he dies, well, well if God really wanted him to go to heaven... Isn't the longer that road is, the greater the possibility of him losing it? If he is saved, and God allows um, Warren down here to live five years, but Dan, he lets him live for 70 years. Which one has the greater possibilities of losing their salvation? Dan. So why would God let him live five years and let Dan live for 70 years because not, he, has to, he only had to watch himself for five years. He had to watch himself for 50 more years. Is that fair? She says, yes. <laughs> so aren't you glad that your salvation does not depend upon that? Otherwise, you know when I would want to die? The moment I trusted Christ as my Savior. Kill me. Take me home right now. Don't let me live another minute. Because if what they're saying is true, if he kills me right then while I trust the Lord, and I'm out of here, at least I know I made it. But if it lets me live for a minute, I don't know. See, that, that's junk. That's, that's trash. When he saves you, he saves you. That means I'm saved from hell. He can't be my savior unless he saved me. Well, if he saved me, what's he going to do? Throw me back. Oh, this fish is too small. <laughs> I need a, I want a bigger fish. This is a little, he's a little fish. Now, at camp, we've mentioned this before, and I've had prayer about it, and that is about the four talks. And Jesse did an excellent job at camp talking about the four talks. Well, you see, if you're going to have to earn your way to heaven or maintain a certain level of, you know, perfection in your life and walk right, then every person has to know the four talks before they begin to walk. Because, see, if you've got to do this, and is reading the Bible, is reading the Bible, is that going to be important? If you've got to walk the walk, well, then you're going to have to know the Word. And, and, and if you've got to, you know, talk to the Lord through prayer, that means you've got to know how to do all of that. Well, then you also got to talk to the lost people because is it God's will that, that you witness? Spread the gospel? Well, then you've got to do that, too. 
And, and also that uh, you got to have fellowship with others. That means you got to go to church and have good fellowship with other believers. So you got to talk to the believers and talk to the lost and talk to the Lord and let God talk to you. Those are the four talks. So we've got all this that we got to do. And you got to know that in full before you start your walk. Because he can't let you fail. Because if you don't do everything, okay, now, if i got to go to church, i got to have the right church. Okay, now, how many times a week do I have to go? Who becomes the judge? And, and you gotta, you got to give money. Okay, well, uh, how much do I have to give? Just give it all. That's why. And if you have to, if you got to take and study the Bible so that you'll know what God wants, how much of the Bible would you have to know? You've you got to know it all. That's why he says, cursed is the man who is under the law. Because he'd have to continue to do all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. So if you're going to have to obey the word, how much? You've got to know it all. Who qualifies? Jewish kids, for their bar mitzvah, usually had to memorize the first five books of the Bible. You, you want to try that? And after they had memorized it, they didn't keep it. Not one man has ever kept the law until Jesus Christ came. So if you want to live that clean life and earn your way to heaven, you're going to have to live it as good, as well, as long as Jesus Christ did your whole life. Good luck. I also wrote, eternal life is the gift of God. Therefore, it cannot be a reward for keeping the law. Isn't eternal life the gift of God? Well, then eternal life cannot be a reward that God gives you because you earned it. It's the gift of God. A gift means you didn't earn it. You didn't work for it. To be saved by grace means unmerited favor. It means you didn't merit. You didn't deserve it. That's what grace means. You're, you didn't deserve it. And God saves you anyway. So it had nothing to do with how you live your life. Your destination does not depend on it. And that blows most people's mind. By the law is the knowledge of sin. And no man is justified, has ever been justified, or ever will be justified by keeping the law. Since the day I trusted Christ as my Savior, the Lord has been my Father, and I have been His child. This positional truth cannot be changed, altered, rescinded by me or God. As a child of God, I know I now have choices to make. I can choose to be an obedient child and receive His blessings in this life. And rewards when I get to heaven. Or I can choose to be a disobedient child of God. And receive chastening from my loving father. Whereby many of God's children are weak, sick, or dead. No child of God can live as he pleases without suffering the consequences of his bad decisions. But can a child of God choose how he lives? Of course he can. That's why when I tell people, you know, you can live like you please. Because you can please to choose to serve the Lord, and you can choose to be rebellious. But you still made a choice, and you can choose to please God or choose to please yourself. But there's consequences to your decisions. That's why you need to teach people what the Word of God says so they'll make wise decisions. Because my dad used to whoop the tar out of me. And I was like I told the teenager, I said, my dad wasn't a fisherman, but we went on a few whaling expeditions. I know what it's like to be whooped. And I don't want God having to whoop me. I would rather have the God that created the heavens. I want him to bless me. 
I feel like Jacob in the Old Testament. I will not let you go. you got to bless me. I want you to bless him. And that's why I believe to this day God has to bless my life. Why? Because if I serve him, he'll want my father honor. And if I serve him, God promised he will bless my life. And he has done just that. Because God is bound by his word. But I, if I disobey God and rebel against the Lord, I believe my heavenly father is a good, kind, loving, and he'll, he's patient. He's long-suffering. But if I don't correct the problem, I believe my heavenly father could just lower the boom on me and maybe take me out of here ahead of time. I'm getting old enough now. I don't really mind that too much as I did when I was younger. I suggest that you check out the following links if you would like to know how I explain a multitude of questions that are generated by my position. You do not have to, a question or a scripture that I would be afraid to address. For the sake of time, I will not respond to any further questions until you assure me that you have listened to these links. <laughs> and I gave him 200 messages to listen to. <laughs> I figured by then, I'll either have him or I'll be dead and out of here. <laughs> so, so we'll see what happens with that. Now, I'm only finally on page two. I don't know if this is going to be a, the grand finale or not. But um, this is what he says. We must also walk the path of obedience to the end, doing the will of God to reach the desired destination and finally enter the kingdom of heaven or eternal life. And then he says, not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. And they that shall endure to the end, the same shall be. Well, wait, 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 wait. Those people in the book of Matthew chapter 7, they did endure. And that's why when they knocked at the door, look what we have done. We have prophesied in thy name. We've done many wonderful works. We've cast out devils. And Jesus says, I never knew you. Now, that you, well, I used to know you, but then, now I don't know you anymore. No, he didn't say that. Because they were not trusting Christ as their Savior. These are the ones that are listening to what he's saying. They're, they're going by their works. Look what we have done. So these are the ones that made Christ the Lord and the master of their life. Lord, Lord, that's master, master. Look what we have done. And Jesus says, I don't know who in the world you are. Because they weren't trusting Christ as their Savior. You see, they said, what well, is the work of God? In John chapter 6 says, that you believe on him whom he hath sent. They never believed on Christ as their Savior. They were saving himself. But how do you? That's why when he makes the statement, you shall know them by their fruits. He's talking about false prophets have a false message. And people who believe a false message have a false hope. And a false message can't be a message of grace because grace is the truth. So if it's more than grace, it has to be by works. So they add works to the message. And that's what makes it a false message. Because then people are think, well, I'm saved because I go to church. Because I do. No, 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 no. I'm saved and going to heaven because Christ died for my sin. That's the only reason I'm going to heaven because I believe he did that for me. There is no other reason. You're either saved by grace or you're not saved at all. You're either saved forever or not saved at all. So yes, I do believe in eternal security. He goes on. He says, is salvation then something 
that is obtained only by faith and without works, as the epistle of Paul indicates? Or is it achieved by means of a faith accompanied by good works, as indicated by the teaching of Jesus recorded in the Gospels? And as also confirmed by the epistles of James, of all the epistles, which one would you think, he says, agrees with him? James. Faith without works is dead. As though I've had people say, well, don't you know about James? I said, yeah. I know. I even know his brother. His name is Jesus. Anyway, who is to be believed? The one who said, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Or, because God used Paul to write Romans. Or the one who said, Not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. What more were they going to do if it's by their works than what they had already been? Many wonderful works. Many wonderful works. Can you consider yourself saved forever by just passing through the door and having believed or to reach the destiny of true salvation? Beside repenting and believing in Jesus, you must persevere to the end following the Lord's way. Does that sound like works for salvation? Amen. Is that works for salvation? Amen. Sounds like it, and it is. That's works for salvation. And God says concerning salvation, for by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works. I wonder what part of not of works do they not understand. They don't get it. He says, does our salvation depend solely on the grace of God? Or does it also depend on how we respond to that grace? Who is to be believed then? The one who said, by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Or the one who says, in your endurance ye shall win your souls. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. See, it's either Paul's way or it's Christ's way. Which way are you? And of course, you know, Jesus' words has more power than. But every one of those verses that they are digging up uh, is not talking about the subject that he's talking about. But you see how some people like this can really change people's minds? And cause people to question and doubt their salvation. Because, see, if what he's saying is true, how do you know at any given point that you're saved? What's the proof that you're saved? Well, I trusted Christ. Oh, that got you into a door. That is, that's not final salvation. You have to walk this long path, this, this road to the destiny. Okay, well, where are you on this road? How much time do you have left? How you doing? How you doing? How many sins do you have to commit before you're finally off the road? How big does the detour have to be? Isn't it true all we like sheep have gone? Oh, no. You, how do you know you haven't gone astray off the road? If the devil is also here and he can lie and deceive, how do you know he hasn't deceived you yet? At what point do you say, okay, boy, today I really know I'm, I'm really saved today. Well, I'm not doing some good tomorrow. Well, I maybe, may not be. I'm not real sure. Aren't you glad that when you trusted Christ as your Savior, he gave you eternal life. And he'll never cast you out and never lose you. See, the only way you can know that you're going to heaven, it has to be totally free 
and no works involved. Amen. Do you have to join this church to go to heaven? No. Yes. No. Do you have to give money to go to heaven? No. Yes, you do. Here. Am I lying? Yes. No, it was too strong. You see, salvation is free because Christ paid the cost. And so we have to know what people say in order to know how to refute it. Because these are things that gets onto our YouTube and people say these things. And there's people that read them and believe them. And they don't know how to answer some of these questions. And that's why just getting on there and being able to answer all the questions, it's, it's a, that's a full-time job just in itself. So I have fun whenever I send some of them to Jesse, I send some to Bob Gilbert, and some to Peter Motto when I want to really mess up their day. And I, I give them, answer this for me, answer this for me, answer this for me. I love it. And because I know they got it, just like, look, look what, the, this one took me several hours just to answer this one, but I got, I get bunches of them. I can't keep track of all of them. And they call up on the phone. I've had several phone calls today. But it does get exciting. But it says, Yankee, you've got to talk to this one. This one listened to the radio broadcast. I really liked it. Okay, you're going to talk to this one. And so I like to talk to those. But it's amazing how many questions that people have. And I can see I'm going to have to stop right there. But I uh, only got about four more pages to go. We'll continue this at another time. Maybe another Wednesday night. And uh, when we don't have anything else to do, we'll go through some of these things. And you know what's interesting? Uh, we have had people trust the Lord every day, somewhere in the world. I, I don't think I've, ever, I've had some of them trust the Lord, but I don't, one was Pennsylvania, another one Virginian, another one's in Germany, and then uh, Norway, trust the Lord. And that, that's just in the last two days. But we have over 800 people that have told us they've trusted Christ the Savior by listening to the YouTube ministry. We're going a lot further than the four walls of this church, I guarantee you that. And so I just thank the Lord for the opportunity God's given us. Look up here. Here's the best way to present the gospel. One of the best ways. If there's another way and somebody knows it and they haven't showed me, I hope you get hiccups. Because I want always to know the best way. This hand represents you and me. The wall represents sin. We all have sin on us. God loves us. The whole world loves all of us. Not some of us. If he only loved, uh, you know, it, well, if he loved all of these, but these over here. How do I know I'm not one of these? Oh, that would be terrible. But when he says he loves all of us, I felt included. He included me. So he loves all of us, but he hates our sin. And our sins have to be paid. The wages of sin is death. So since everybody sins, everybody's condemned. Now, to go to heaven, we have to be perfect, as righteous as God, no sin. That's why no man can go to heaven. Because all have sinned, and all will die. And God says, you cannot change the situation. You can't alter this. There's nothing you can do. You can't stop being a sinner. You can't earn eternal life. You can't be perfect. You can't do it. So God says that no flesh could be justified by his works. Man cannot earn it. And when he says, for by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So that nobody can boast because of, look what I did. God says it's not by your works so that no man can boast. 
And God says it is by grace so that only he can boast. We will be like little trophies of the Lord, of trophies of God's grace, that in the ages to come, he might show forth the exceeding riches of his grace. Look what grace did. And man's work could not do it. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He is God in the flesh. He has no sin. He came into the world because he loved us, hates our sin because our sin separates us from him. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, didn't have to die. But because he loved us, he took all of our sin of all the world and paid our sin debt. He was my payment for my sins. Came back from the dead. And he says the only thing he wanted us to do to go to heaven is believe he did it for us. How simple that is. I had a man in the office yesterday. I think it was yesterday. It might have been today. I can't remember. And I asked him this question. And he didn't really know where he was going to go. I said, you hesitate. That means if you hesitate, you're not sure. I said, sit down. And he looked at his clock. I said, you got a minute. Sit down. Some people just have to tell him what to do. <laughs> I don't know if it was a, a price of the bill that he was getting ready for, but we weren't going to pay it until he sat down. Anyway, he sat down and I went through the gospel and I explained it to him. And so he trusted Christ as Savior. But see, we can win him to the Lord like that. But if he has to earn his way to heaven, we're going to have to tell him what he's got to do. And how long is that going to take? A year? How long does it take you to learn the Bible? How long does it take you to learn how to pray and all the ways you're supposed to? How long does it take you to live that good, clean life? You see, that's, that's slop. That's trash. That's not the Bible. The Bible says that Christ paid for my sins. All he wanted me to do to go to heaven is believe he did it for me. See, he put that payment to my account. He is my payment. And so when I accept Christ as my Savior, and he accepts me, we're joined together, eternal life. And it can never be separated. Why? No sin. No sin to separates us. I can't commit a sin in the future that could separate us. There is no separation. Best news I ever heard. Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed. No one looking around. If you're here tonight and you've never trusted Christ, maybe you've heard it but just never did, would you right now in the quietness of this moment just say, Lord, I don't understand it all, but I know I'm a sinner. I got questions, I got doubts. Friend, you may have those for the rest of your life. You may never live long enough to get all the answers to all your questions. But one thing you do know is you're a sinner. God loves you. Christ paid for your sins. Came back from the dead. Wants you to believe he did it for you. You can handle that. You can do that right now. Would you just say, Lord, I will trust Christ as my Savior right now. Friend, if you'll do that. He said to give you free gift, eternal life. If you're making that decision, never did it before, but you'll do it right now. Say, preacher, I, I believe that. And I will trust Christ as my Savior, and I'd like for you to pray for me. Would you just slip your hand up very quickly, put it right back down. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to have you forward. Anyone at all. Our Father, we thank you so much for all you've done for us. Thank you for the free gift of everlasting life. Help us to be strong, to stand strong, try to make it clear so that people can understand how much you really love them. 
And we thank you for this night. We ask, Father, your blessings upon Ranch tomorrow night and the Friday night soul winning. And Father, give us a good Sunday. And Father, for a, a good group of people to come for the for Sunday dinner, give us a good day. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.